some sunlight was peeking out from behind the clouds on this cool January day, casting long and large patches of warming sunlight across the landscape. Every once in a while, one would move across the yard, stretching the shadows of the fruit trees almost to the back deck of the house. The long glass wall that would normally be slid open on a warmer day was kept shut to keep in the heat while the children sat at the table on either side of their mother. With her baggy long sleeves pushed up, she cut a pancake into smaller pieces for the younger of the two kids. A sandy blonde girl with hazel eyes barely a year and a half old sat in her high chair. Her mouth was smeared with syrup as she reached her sticky hands out for more pancake. Her three-year-old brother sat on the other side of his mom. While his sister looked just like her father, he had darker features just like his mom. Wavy brown hair and deep blue eyes, and currently was munching on a large mouthful of eggs. Hey, smaller bites, Milo. That's too big. His father called out from across the kitchen island. It's not a race. I have more food coming. He reassured his son as the pan sizzled on the range. Is there more bacon? Milo asked through a bulging mouthful of eggs his blue eyes wide and hopeful. Yeah, but if you don't start taking smaller bites, I might just keep it all for your mom and I, Roland threatened with a point of his tongs. Don't tell him that, Lorena scalded as she turned to Milo. Spit it out, that's too much. She held a hand under his chin to catch his food. He knows I'm joking, Roland reassured the both of them. I'll always share with these two hungry jackals. Do you want any more bacon? He asked as he plated from the pan. Just a bit. Feed the jackals first, Lorena replied. She fixed her messy brown bun before returning to her own plate. Roland joined his pajama-clad family at the table with his own plate of food and dished some of his onto his kids' plates. He pretended to do it reluctantly, teasing the kids. After breakfast, the kids ran off to play in the living room while Roland gathered the dishes and took them back to the kitchen. He sat them down on the counter and spread them out so no dish sat on the other. Then, reaching out and pulling a small handle from the wall, he slid a narrow drawer out, about a foot above the counter, till it hung completely over the dishes. Made of brushed silver metal, it was only a few centimeters in thickness, and didn't have a cavity to place anything. Two button pushes later, and a faint hum began to resonate as the blue laser beam began slowly moving over the dishes. With a small burning hiss, Every last piece of food and drink evaporated and floated up to the drawer until a fan caught it and sucked it away. While the dishes were being cleaned, Roland slid over a small tablet he left abandoned earlier while cooking. He tapped it awake and scrolled through a list, every once in a while stopping on one of the items to expand it and give it a skim. Anything I should be worried about? Lorena asked as she came over to put away the now clean dishes. Nothing big, really, Roland said placidly not looking up from the screen. It's been pretty quiet since the last month's close call with the sub. There was a hull fracture in one of the service tunnels, but it's already sealed off for the divers to fix. No injuries. He informed her as he scratched his stubble absentmindedly. He finished scrolling and tapped the screen off. No news is good news then. Lorena smiled at him as she flipped the kids' plates over, alongside the frying pan and cookware, and started another cycle. It's been nice having you home early. She added with a kiss before walking away. You've been missing me, have you? Roland teased. I've been missing you cook dinner. I'm so tired by dinner time, and it's nice to have somebody wait on me for a change.
Lorena said with a dramatic flop on the couch. Her youngest kid smiled and immediately ran over to jump on her resting mom. <sighs> and here I thought I was wanted. Roland mocked a sigh. You could have joined our pajama club, Lorena said, lifting up little Rosa to display her pajamas. She smiled and laughed from under her unkempt and wild bedhead. I thought I already was, Roland shot back. He was wearing a fitted blue tee and black cargo pants. But to make his point, he lifted up one pink slippered foot and gave it a wiggle. You have day pants on, Milo shouted and pointed at his dad. Mm, he's right, Lorena agreed as she set her daughter on the ground. Day pants don't count. Roland didn't get to respond to this as they were interrupted by an announcement that filled the room. There's a car coming up the driveway, said a disembodied voice. The plates are registered to the guardsmen. This made Roland give pause as he looked towards his wife, now on the floor with the kids. They shared a concerned look before Roland put the pan back down on the counter. I'll talk to them, he said as he marched straight for the door. Looking out the window, his confusion only grew as he noticed that this wasn't just any car pulling in. The car that quietly glided up was a long, shiny black car with no visible windows to better hide its occupants. The sight of this car made Roland more concerned than curious. He rarely, if ever, gets house calls from work, and when he does, they're usually not delivering good news. Add in this type of car coming up, and he knew something serious must have happened. This car is usually rolled out for diplomats and other high-profile individuals to better get around with protection. Roland has been part of this protection on a few occasions. He ditched his slippers for a pair of shoes and came out the door right as the car came to a stop. The door popped open vertically like a wing to let out a woman who looked vaguely like a bird herself. The thin, sharp angles of this woman's face and subtle wrinkles around her mouth and focused eyes displayed severity and seemed to size up all who crosses her path. Her clean-cut gray uniform with the jacket buttoned all the way up to the top and her silver-streaked black hair pulled back into a tight bun advertised her authority. Welcome, Director, Roland greeted her. His shoulders were pulled back and his arms hung at his side, not sure whether he should stand at attention or not. He wasn't in uniform. At ease, Captain Hubert. This is your home, after all, and I won't be here long. Director Richter waved briskly. Upright and shoulders back, she surveyed his house. Your home is beautiful, Captain. Is there somewhere we could speak privately? She complimented and requested stiffly, almost in the same breath. Yes, ma'am. We can use my personal office. Roland gestured to a different door off to the far corner of his house, where a small wing was added on. Where he pointed was partly obscured by low shrubs from where they stood now. Lead on, the director nodded, and started to follow him along a small path around the plants and to the office door. A touch of his hand to the handle, and the door unlocked for him with a small click. It opened to a small room with a modest pale wood desk and brown office chair, sitting with its back to a large window, with larger plants beyond it. A few shelves lined the walls where miscellaneous memorabilia was displayed, from images of uniformed soldiers posing for group photos, to pictures of kids playing outside with big smiles on their faces. Some medals and glass frames sat next to dusty sports trophies. A bronze bust of a balding man with a goatee and a squinty, steely stare sat on one of the higher shelves. You have a wonderful family, Captain. You must be very proud. The director commented placidly as she surveyed his family. 
Thank you, ma'am. I'm very proud of them all. Roland replied professionally. He stood rigidly back by the door, still holding it open. Oh, it'll just be us for this meeting. You can close the door. She waved dismissively as she moved almost robotically around the desk to take a seat. May I? She gestured to take his seat. Uh, of course, ma'am. Roland answered quickly and moved to stand in front of her. Now, straight to the point of it, she said as she took a seat. We believe we have a location on Dr. James Merrick. Roland stared for a second before replying. How do we know it's him? Because he made contact with one of his trusted colleagues, whom happens to be an informant of ours. They agreed to work with us on the condition that they be given a chance to talk Dr. Merrick into turning himself in. The director explained as she leaned back in Roland's chair. Admirable loyalty, but we knew Dr. Merrick wouldn't come quietly anyways, so we kept a close eye on our little spy and they led us right to him. How long ago was this? Roland asked. This type of news piqued his interest. It wasn't the mundane type of city security work that was usually available to him, but something more critical and clandestine. Our informant confirmed all of this to us not 30 minutes ago. He also confirmed that his son, also named James, is still with him. The director answered him. Am I right in guessing that you don't want to wait until the informant has made contact? Roland asked her knowingly. The director leaned forward onto the desk, her hands clasped in front of her. No, I don't want to wait, she replied seriously. And neither does the Security Council, as they've made clear to me. An informant he may be, but I haven't forgotten that he's also a longtime colleague and personal friend of Merrick's. Those kind of sentimentalities tend to get in the way of our work. A moment's silence hung in the air between the two while Roland waited for her to ask the question he knew was coming. How soon can you be ready to go? She finally asked him. The car turned around and silently left the driveway. Oh, why not? pleaded Milo. He stood peering into the backpack his father was packing at the end of the bed. Because this isn't Daddy's normal work today, bud. Roland was getting weary of the cyclical questioning he was getting. Why? Milo continued, despite his father's tired tones. Because I'm not going to the office. I'm going on an important work trip. Roland explained, now for the second time. I'm glad I washed these anyways. Lorena entered the room, presenting him with a folded pair of pants. You'd be in serious trouble right now if I hadn't kept them clean for you. She needled him as he unfurled them for a quick inspection. <laughs> no, I wouldn't. He shrugged as he bent over to pull them on. I'd have just worn them dirty anyways. Gross, Roland. Lorena crinkled her nose. Roland was dressed in his gray uniform with black boots laced up. He turned to face his wife head on and pulled her close. Here's the part where you say you're sorry you have to go, she informed her husband as she wrapped her arms around him. Here's the part you name your price to make it up to you, Roland countered. A trocket bar, shouted Milo, who was now standing up on the bed. Yeah, chimed in his sister a little too small to climb up herself. A trocket bar? Roland exclaimed in mock surprise. Do I look like I'm made of money? He scooped his son up off the bed as he said this and blew a raspberry on his cheek before setting him down on the floor. 
You'll need more than Trocket to bribe me, mister. Lorena folded her arms and blocked him from leaving the room. You know the things I'd like to know before you do this stuff. She reinforced firmly. The assignment shouldn't take more than a week, Tops. We're bringing in two wanted civilians, and neither are expected to be dangerous. Roland rattled off, knowing exactly what she was asking for. Yeah, I'm sure they're not, Lorena answered sarcastically. Where are they hiding? Roland hesitated before answering any more questions. United States. West Coast. Lorena sighed hearing this. So the other side of the world. Got it. She turned her attention over to the bag on the bed and busied herself inspecting Roland's packing job. I don't do these jobs that often anymore. I mostly do the more standard stuff. Roland tried reasoning with her. No, I know, Lorena replied. I just don't like waiting days for a message to know you're okay, even if it is two not-dangerous civilians. She turned back to face him, now holding his packed bag. I'm willing to break that rule, if it makes you feel better. Roland half-whispers to her, as if he's sharing a secret. She smiles at him for his offer, and moves in for a kiss. Can I still have a trocket bar? Milo asked, standing back up on the bed again. Peace, pleaded Rosa, as she kept trying to claw her way up the bedding. Now look what you've started. Lorena pushed Roland off of her in mock disdain. You better come back with Trocket then, or we're not opening the door for you. Yeah! The kids cheered in unison. Okay, as soon as I'm done, I'm coming back with Trocket for everybody. Roland declared as he and his wife scooped up their two kids and carried his bag out of the room for the front door.